Welcome to Quantum Leap, sponsored by PBX. We've got some amazing content for you. Episodes stacked full of ideas, inspiration, and insights. All highly valuable knowledge to help you grow your business. Good afternoon and welcome to another BBX Lunch and Learn. Today we have Wayne Sharp from Carbon Trade Exchange in an interview-style webinar with BBX CEO John Attridge as the interviewer. Wayne will be discussing uh, the main cause of carbon that business creates and how an environmentally aware business owner takes action to achieve a zero carbon footprint. Without further ado, John Attridge. Thanks, Geordie, and uh, welcome everybody to the call. Um, so, uh, this is a very important question, and, and I think it uh, should deserve uh, a, an establishment of who we're talking to and what audience has joined us today. And, uh, Geordie, if you can put on a, uh, a poll, this is for everybody to participate in if you wish to, just to get a feel so that Wayne and I can explore uh, the audience that we're talking to. So we've just got a little poll up sitting there. Um, are you carbon zero now, yes or no? or you'd like to be, or you can't afford it, if it'll only, you only have to press one button. And we'll see what sort of, uh, where we are at the moment. So anybody that wants to, you've got 20 seconds left to answer the question. And we will see where we go. So, that pretty much tells us that you'd like to be and you're not carbon zero. So there's only 21% of the people on this call that are carbon zero now or consider themselves to be. So that's 80-20 rule. That sounds interesting. Thank you. If you can end that poll, Geordie. And then if we can just uh, put up another one now just quickly as to some of the reasons why that is. So, Geordie, if you can just put the next little poll up for us. There we go. So if you had to rate yourself out of 10, what your knowledge of carbon offsets would be, zero is mean you completely no idea why you're even on the call. One to five is that you've heard about it and you know a little bit. Six to nine, you, you know, you've been involved. Ten, you're an expert. Let's see, what, uh, let's see what results that comes up as. So we've got about 80-odd percent and now looks like, again, we're in about 50-50 split. So only about 12% consider them experts. So we've got some people that are interested in the thing, that's nearly 40% uh, barrier. So that's all great, right? That gives us a good, uh, a good idea. Thanks, uh, Geordie, if you can just get rid of all that. So Without further ado, it's my pleasure to introduce you to the founder, author, ideas, and uh, the whole brains behind the Carbon Trade Exchange. Welcome to the program today, Wayne. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thanks, John. I'm still seeing that poll up there, Geordie, just so you know. Oh, no, I've got rid of it. Okay, thanks. Um, thanks, John. So, um, Carbon Trade Exchange, I know it's uh, plus 10 years old, and uh, uh, time gets away. We've known each other for 40 years, would you believe? Um, <laughs> you remember me when I had hair, and uh, uh, that was a while ago. So, Wayne, what was uh, what was this uh, spark for the Carbon Trade Exchange? What uh, what was the actual uh, idea or what was the problem that, that you had a burning desire to cure? 
Well, in a previous life, I was selling uh, uh, franchises and, and setting up businesses all around the world. And when I was traveling, everywhere I went, I would always take the time to go out and do something nature-based, I guess. Uh, you know, everyone can go to cities and go up the Empire State Building or on the Harbour Bridge or, you know, one of the big uh, man-made monuments. But I always preferred uh, not only to do that, but to get out of out of Dodge a bit and go out and see the nature. And everywhere I went, I would always try and spend a couple of days before or after my business activities uh, uh, going and doing something like that, climbing mountains, going to forests, going to rivers, scuba diving, whatever it might be. And I started to notice increasingly how much environmental, negative environmental impact was happening around the world. Uh, it became obvious to me. And, and of course, part of that, that usually when you're flying in for these business meetings around the world, you're also going to major cities, New York, LA, um, you know, Chicago, you know, Bangkok, all these different uh, countries around the world. And in every city, you just saw this wall-to-wall -wall traffic, airports full of planes and all this. And I thought, how the hell does the planet cope with this? Uh, a couple of critical sequence of, of, of environmental impact events that I actually saw with my own eyes made me think, this is pretty serious. Surely I'm not the only one noticing so basically, I'd started studying the issue of, you know, climate change. I didn't really fully understand at that stage, uh, but, you know, I'm a sort of half-smart guy, so it wasn't, well, to me, it wasn't rocket science, and I could see what was the physical impacts that were being caused, and I think, you know, unless you're walking around with your eyes closed, you would notice that, that this is really happening. Um that was in the late 90s and, and early and by early 2000, I, I started to think, you know what, I, I feel like I need to do something about this. So I created a formula for uh, environmental impact assessment for companies, uh, which was stimulated by, I went to uh, an event with the Prince of Wales at his uh, grandma's house and uh, uh, we were, uh, uh, and he, he launched accounting for sustainability. There was, I don't know, 80 or 100 of the who's who of England and me. Uh, and uh, basically uh, uh, from that, I created a formula, which I then took to the UN Climate Change Conference in Bali. And up until then, I'd never seen any relationship between the, the bartering industry and the environmental sector. Um, and, you know, just I knew how to build exchanges. I've built a lot of different, uh, different ones around the world in multiple countries. And everyone, while I was there, everyone was talking about the need for a carbon exchange to trade carbon credits. And I thought, well, that sounds sort of familiar, credits, trading, <laughs> you know, exchanges, that could be me. Uh, so originally I thought we'd use the tech that we already had. Uh, that didn't work out, so I decided to build something from scratch. But before doing that, I spent 18 months going around all the major events. I was still running that company full time and, and spent 18 months going to every major carbon environmental event in the world. Uh, I got a, I contracted a guy, uh, Michael Mathras here in London, who's uh, um, a consultant, and I got him to sort of take me around to all these places. I didn't know the marketplace at all, obviously, or had very little knowledge of it. Uh, and basically pieced together all of the problems in the industry based around the over-the-counter trading. 
Now, as you know, John, you know, when you first got into the into the barter industry, it was all being done over the counter. It was being done by check butts and, you know, a uh, uh, broker over on the phone, no one was publishing any directories, no one was doing any electronic trading, really. It was all being done by vouchers and certificates and stuff. So it was all what in every other marketplace you would call OTC or over-the-counter trading. And that was exactly the market that was in the, in the, in the carbon space at the time. The first really big event that I went to blew my mind. There were 3,500 people at the Carbon Expo, it was called then in Barcelona. Uh, that was 2007, I guess. Um, uh, that, that was the biggest one I went to. COP was uh, in Bali was amazing. Uh, but it bl- again, both of these events blew my mind because the people who were controlling all the money were over in one big pavilion, right, with all the gazillion dollars of you know, stands and all this stuff. And the people who are actually doing something about climate change, which is the guys that were doing projects on the ground, the little Guatemalan, you know, forestry project or the, the you know, re- re- replenishment of the reef project or whatever it was that was all climate related, were all in these tiny little stands at the other end of the pavilion. I thought, well, they're scared of these big guys and the big guys have no idea how to communicate with them. And when I realised it was all being done over the counter, I thought, haven't these guys ever heard of the internet? You know, like, you know, they're basically, to me, the Barcelona thing was like a, uh, was like a modern-day medieval market with everyone bringing their chickens and goats along and, you know, the big banker sitting at the top going, oh, <laughs> shall we throw him some bread? So I realised that we needed to have um, uh, a solution that was electronic, easy to use, and had all the key parameters of what you're looking for if you're going to going to buy carbon credit offsets, which is part of the financing model for every project. Yep. So and, and so that's how it all started, and 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 basically I designed and built it then, uh, and uh, we've been going ever since. Yep. Yeah, and a very successful model, and getting more so uh, with the awareness that's uh, that's currently there. So Wayne, for the you know, we did a poll before for people that have just joined us, and over fifty percent of the people on the call have very little knowledge of carbon credits, and so we, let, let's just go back to some basic stuff. Wayne, is that you know we know the solution that uh, we know the problem in in the world is that you know we're creating and generating too much carbon, and that's causing climate change. People think it's global warming, but it's not it's it's extreme uh, events in in uh, in weather and other things that are caused by this but what are the couple of things if you had to pick two three four things that cause this carbon creation what would they be well look the the, the, the impacts of of what's causing global warming is and climate change is in fact increased emissions so it's called a greenhouse gas which is basically without greenhouse gas effect life on earth wouldn't exist however when there's too much of it then we have a climate change starting regionally and then globally and that's the issue that that everyone's trying to combat so when they talk about the degrees of climate change the degrees of uh, temperature increase over the baseline averages for the past, you know, couple of de- couple of centuries, uh, when they're talking about two degrees increase, that can mean way higher increases in some areas, particularly the ones that are most likely to impact other things like the Arctic and, and Antarctic. So, 
in summary, the, the greenhouse gases, uh, there's a range of them. CO2 is the most prevalent, and that's predominantly caused by fossil fuels uh, uh, use and production. Um, there's methane, which is a multiple of CO2. So for the carbon credits, what they do is they take every one of the 10 different greenhouse gases, which have different forcing impacts, scientifically proven, by the way, no one's making this stuff up, um, regardless of what the media might say. Uh, and, and basically the forcing agent is the multiple by which they're issued carbon credits. So depending on the type of methane and how it's being uh, captured and used, it could be anything from 30 to 50 carbon credits, which is one tonne of CO2 that you get for every tonne of methane that you would capture and, and get rid of, to put yep. it simply. Um, the, the, the projects that we're talking about are combating different types of issues. So there's what these days there's this big talk about you know avoidance versus versus uh, uh, um, uh, sequestration, right? Avoidance being where you're using renewable energy basically, and they're funding that through carbon credits. Uh, now the whole idea of renewable energy is that obviously there's no emissions. Of course, there's emissions involved in the construction of the the, the plants and the, you know the, the 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 turbines or the the solar panels or whatever. But once they're up and it's installed, there's no additional emission footprint. So that's an avoidance type program. Uh, a sequestration program uh, is something with the nature-based solution where they might be avoiding deforestation or planting new trees, which is obviously a much long-term, slower solution. And of course, fortunately, there's still more being chopped down than being planted around the world, especially in Australia. Um, and, but there's all sorts of other ones as well. There's methane leakage from, from, uh, from, um, uh, from landfill, for example, which can be captured and turned into energy. That methane can be burned. Uh, now, of course, when they do, they often produce CO2 emissions from burning it. So it's not, that's where the multiples can change depending on the type of technology that's being used. There are so many different types, hydropower, wind power, solar, uh, wave power, um, run of river, etc. Those are Those are avoidance programs. And then obviously the nature-based solutions can be biomass, which is where they're taking something that would normally decompose and turn into emit methane. Then they're basically capturing that methane or taking the actual material and using that for some sort of fuel. Mm -hmm. uh, obviously, forestry and other types of land-based projects uh, are, are, are there. There's so many. There's thousands of different project types that we, we ultimately have access to. Yep. So would, course, would it be fair to say, though, Wayne, that the for the average person in the street, the main uh, creators that we can do something about are when we move from A to B, transportation, the energy that we consume. So they're all the things that create, in essence, the man-made aspect of emissions, as I understand it. Then you've yes. got a then you've got a, a mixture of a whole lot of projects that help mitigate some of those things. And we can also do some stuff around the house and around the workplace to mitigate because that's the first step in this process, isn't it? How do you mitigate that? What, what things can you do without costing you a penny to, to do your little bit? Well, look, 
I think that that most of the things that you can do, uh, some of which have been forced on us recently, <laughs> not flying around everywhere, etc., um, you know, are reasonably obvious to most people. But the, the reality is that we're talking to a business audience here. So let's talk about it from a business perspective. In a business, you just can't get your emission footprint to zero. It's never going to happen. So the question is, which part of it should you focus on first? in my view, rather than worrying about trying to get to zero and not knowing where to start. Well, the first thing to do, easiest thing to do, is to do a carbon footprint analysis. There's lots of different tools to do that, or consultants we can recommend, and, and there's, there's software platforms and all sorts of ways to measure your carbon footprint. And what when you measure it and then you purchase offsets, what you've done is price carbon within your business. So actually know now where the emissions are coming from and also what it's costing you and probably the planet to do it. Now, everyone thinks, oh, look, it's going to cost a lot of money and, of course, he's going to pitch that because, you know, that's the business he's in. Well, you know, of course, we're providing the exchange. We don't sell the carbon credits. We're not the, we're not the ones that are beneficiaries. We're clipping the ticket for 5% from the people selling it. 95% of it's going to a project somewhere in South America or Asia or somewhere where you'll never go, right? So, you know, that's what the whole idea of this is to provide so they don't have to bring their chickens and goats to the market in Barcelona, they can go online and post their credits for sale and get climate financing to help support their project and maybe do more projects that are combating climate change directly. Yep. So from a business point of view, then what you have is you have a pricing of what the carbon cost is to your business, which, by the way, is invariably ridiculously small. I mean, ridiculously small. We did, I'm going to take it to the extreme end of the scale. We did, we did a carbon uh, analysis based on their numbers for a global pharmaceutical manufacturing firm, right? $10.8 billion a year in revenues, this company. You know what their carbon foot offset cost would have been per year? $2.3 million. And so the question begs is why why aren't they carbon aren't zero they now? Exactly, right? I mean, what's the excuse, really? Right. So so you know the the, the 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 and that's that's probably one of the most polluting, high emission intensity businesses you could imagine, right? Other than actual energy production and, and fossil fuel extraction, you know, you'd think pharmaceutical manufacturing might be. One of the, at the top of the tree somewhere, anyway. Yeah, they've probably, got, they've probably got a few bob in the last. <laughs> they've probably got a few bob in the last year and a half from another thing that's been going on too. Well, look, at the end of the day, the point I'm getting to there is that we were able to even go through and look at their price. They, they've got all the financial information there, but they just hadn't taken the action. We also worked out that if they did carbon footprint, uh, carbon offsetting, even just on their energy costs versus buying renewable energy certificates, which are a different type of mechanism, we could do that for about a quarter of the price of what they do. And they're not just offsetting their uh, their, their energy footprint; they're offsetting the whole plant uh, carbon emission footprint, which yep. is a big difference. So. so Wayne, I get all that. Wayne, with the, you know the governments around the world, like all governments, are famous for talking and and then uh, making a lot of promises and not exactly following up on them all. And they're all, you know, having these forecasts of having carbon zero in another thousand years. Um, 
and, and it's up to us all that have got environmental bones in our body to make sure that we put pressure on our local MP in order to do that. Um, but what are the other benefits other than the obvious of, you know, living longer, i.e. In, instead of the planet blowing up where we can't live on it, which is the ultimate uh, uh, incentive, what, what are the other things for a business owner perspective does carbon zero mean to a business? What, what, are, the, what are the other benefits? Well, the first thing is that the, the, oh, I just want to say this. this. This net zero 2050 is the biggest garbage I've ever heard, I've ever had to swallow in my life is listening to that rubbish. The people making those commitments will be dead of old age or retired by the time there's any accountability in 2050, right? And, and so what are they going to do when they're wrong and they didn't do anything or they didn't take any action? Oh, but we had a plan. I mean, I can tell you now there was massive plans in 2010 for 2020, which never happened. And yep. everyone just conveniently forgot because it's a decade later. So what do you think is going to happen 30 years from now? Yeah. My, my point ridiculous. being, Wayne, I, I totally agree. My point being was that we, we can't allow governments to lead this. We've got to start leading. It's got it. to be led by business. And, and realistically, here's, here's the pros and cons from a business perspective, right? In, in business, first of all, you're in business, yes, to make money, but you want to sustainably make money and you want to have a business that's going to last. I mean, maybe you want to sell it to someone, maybe you want to hand it down to your kids. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're just going to shut it all down and go and live on an island somewhere that'll be underwater by the time you're 55. But anyway, the, the bottom line is that that you, if you take action, you seem to be taking action. That means that you can promote it to your stakeholders, your clients, your supply chain. Now, you might find it also beneficial up the supply chain because more and more larger companies are being forced to do something. Do they actually do anything? Well, some of them don't, but it doesn't mean that what they're doing is making it easy for themselves by cherry picking and using carbon neutral suppliers so that that reduces their emission footprint. Right? So what that means is that you, you, you won't even be on a government list anymore if you're not carbon neutral, that's for sure. Most of the big corporates are doing the same thing. As part of your supply chain requirements, you're going to have to give them your carbon footprint. You might never know, but I can tell you now that many of them, even PwC accounting, for example, if you're not carbon neutral, you don't even get past first, first round of selection. You, you'll never know why you didn't, but that's the reason, right? Uh, so, so their policies on their supply chain... <laughs> Excuse me, sorry. Uh, no, I don't have COVID. <laughs> um, uh, the, the policies on their supply chains are increasingly requiring the reporting. Now, they're not going to say in many cases, we won't select you if you're not carbon neutral because then they might have some other sort of legal problem rubbish. But that's the actual reason in many cases because that's the policy they've driven in. Now, the reality is you might say, well, you know, what, what does it matter? Well, of course it matters because if you imagine this, let's say you own a bakery, right, and you're, you, you and your missus are running the bakery and you're delivering the pies and you've got your own ovens and all that sort of stuff and you've got your own little truck and you're delivering your pies and you make the best pies in London. Not that there's any good pies in London because I'm from Australia, but anyway, you know what I mean. 
the reality is that 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 that's your entire carbon footprint, right? That's your business. So let's fast forward 10 years later. You've got the biggest pie company in England. You've outsourced your, your pie manufacturing to two or three factories. You've got a, a, a transportation company you've employed to deliver your pies, etc. It's still part of your carbon footprint. Just because you got bigger doesn't mean you suddenly only your head office where now you just sit there with your tie on and, you know, click numbers on the screen and bank your gazillion dollars from pie making. So, so this is the reality we face. In business, we are responsible whether we like it or not. We're responsible for our up chain and our down chain. Now, the reason why there's so many different varieties of carbon credits is because of the different projects. Now, of course, some people might only just want to tick the box. They might want to buy the cheapest credits. It's going to cost a fraction of a percent of your revenue, and you just get on with it. It's a small price, and, you know, you just tick that box. Others might want to promote it more dramatically. Depends on what type of business you're in. So as a result, that's why we encourage people to do a portfolio, and they buy different credits from different places, so they've got some cool stuff to put on their marketing material and they can say something great about what they've done, right? So instead of seeing it as a cost, you turn it into a benefit, even though it is actually a very small cost. Yep. And so what, what it, that enables people to do, Wayne, in essence, is that, you know, if you're a massive company, you'll have a sustainability, uh, a CSR department and a head and everything. But when you're running a small business, you've got a lot of other things that you need to do and you don't have the time, the energy or the resources to do that. And that's where the exchange plays its part. You pay a, pay a, a contribution according to your footprint. And in turn, the exchange mechanism then feeds the various projects in a mixture and and uh, and you go forward. Is that a good summary? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and look, what it means realistically is that you don't have to be an expert in the marketplace because, you know, it is a complicated market. There's a lot of different types of projects all around the world. They're in different locations. You know, so we, we we do the due diligence on the on the credit standards that, that produce and originate the credits that authorise the the projects in the first place and issue the credits. So if a, if a project hasn't been approved by a registry, we won't provide those credits for sale. If the credits haven't been legally legitimately issued to the the person who owns them and listed on the exchange in their registry account, listed to our 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 exchange account they won't be listed. So it's basically sort of like a stock exchange for carbon uh, without remembering, though, that the complexity of the carbon market is that when every time you buy a carbon credit, to turn it into an offset, it gets cancelled and it ceases to exist. So this is not an investment thing, right, where you're going to, you know, you're going to consume the carbon credit and then it's it's gone. Yep, um, yep. So we're not flipping numbers around on a screen, like some people are now starting to try and do, which I find quite appalling, frankly, because there's no actual credits behind it. Excuse me for two seconds, Sean. Yep. I just got something in my eye. Yep. So in essence, uh, what Wayne's saying is that, uh, you know, if you Google online carbon credits and you will see some references where people are trying to sell some of these as asset-based uh, investments and all sorts of things, and they're just simply not legitimate. 
And so if you go through an authorised exchange like Wayne's, then you know that the contribution that you're making will end up in a project of some kind and you will know the mixture of what those projects are. Is that a good summary, Wayne? Yes, it is. And, and look, the reason why the prices vary so much is a lot of, I get asked this a lot actually, you know, why is there such a big fluctuation in prices? Like, you know, there could be like a couple of dollars, uh, you know, five, under $5 up to $30, right? Why is there such a big difference? Well, the reality is that, that that's because each one has different levels of human activity and cost base. So if you look at a renewable energy, for example, I mean, obviously that's already earning money from the energy it's supplying into the marketplace, wherever it might be. Uh, and and so the carbon credit is like the additional climate finance. Of course, as fossil fuel companies get massive subsidies, $5 trillion a year globally in fossil fuel subsidies. So, you know, of course, imagine if they didn't get that, how much energy would cost. Yep. <laughs> so you're, you're paying for that anyway, actually, through your taxes. Yep. That's if you pay tax, not like you, John. No. Um, <laughs> so, and I'll have it noted for posterity that I do pay my fair share. <laughs> I'm joking. So, so the reality is that 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 that's why also part of the reason why we look at a portfolio because on the one hand it's all great to say let's go out and hug a tree and let's do this and let's do all this environmental hoo ha, but you still got a budget. Right, you don't want to blow money and just throw it out the window. It's not a donation; it's a contribution to climate finance, which is good for your business and also good for the planet and their business. So it's pretty much a win-win. Yeah, and we'll get into financing uh, in a minute. Um, but just before I do that, uh, if anybody's got a question that they'd like uh, uh, to put it, just put it in the chat, and then Jordan will uh, bring it to our attention. And uh, I'll, uh, while we've got the expert in the field, and and for those that have never met Wayne before, he is considered uh, right up there in, as an expert in this space globally. So not just someone that that talks about it, but someone that's been immersed in it uh, for over a decade. So if you've got a question on anything related to it, uh, then let's uh, just pop it in there. So a summary of where we are so far, Wayne is that perhaps that, that uh, every business creates a carbon footprint by doing a few things, you know, moving from A to B, turning on a machine of some kind, using energy of some kind, and that all creates a carbon impact on the environment. And the first step in all of this progress is to try and do whatever you can uh, to mitigate any carbon, any uh, creation. The second step is, because most of us won't have the ability to mitigate to zero, is to then measure what's available, that's, uh, what, what are you creating? And for most businesses, about 100 tonnes a year of carbon is about what you'll create. If you're the average office or you A small to medium business, it might be, you know, under 500 tonnes a year. Yep. And so you then choose an offset, and we'll go into the financing of this uh, in a moment. You choose the offset that suits uh, you best. You, you choose the carbon credit offset, and you can purchase that, and you can pay pounds sterling for that. Or as I've suggested on the promo for this, uh, we can look through the BBX exchange mechanism of doing that with BBX digital trade currency. Uh, and if you're not a part of that, you can also talk to us about offering a, a voucher to your business as payment. 
So once that's uh, completed, you get an offset and you get a nice certificate from Wayne that you can uh, put on your website that shows that you are now carbon zero. You can put it on all your marketing material. You can give it to your PR company. You can show your supply chain. You can supply uh, show all your customers that you've done your bit to be carbon zero and you have the authorised uh, uh, verified certificate proving uh, thus. So that's pretty much where we are so far. So as I say, if you've got any questions in there, um, just pop them uh, pop them in the chat. Wayne, uh, oh, sorry. I want to just talk, I want to circle back <laughs> to something, uh, which is the uh, um, talking about legislation. Uh, a lot of people may not know this, but the EU is about to embark on a program for inbound import carbon uh, um, uh, taxes. Basically, what they're saying, uh, I'll give, give you a brief summary. I'm not going to get drilled down into it. Is that you know, if the if the country that you're originating your uh, products from is being imported into the uh, into the EU, and the country where it's coming from or being manufactured or where your destination is from isn't employing proper carbon policies, then you will pay an import carbon tax at the border. Now, obviously, you know, the free trade agreement with Australia has just taken a big nosedive, that's for sure, because uh, they can't pretend to cycle it through, uh, through the UK, you wouldn't think, to get in the back door. Um, so... The, the reality is that, that this is the type of legislations that are going to come more and more into That's what the Paris Agreement was all about. It was the countries all made a commitment to reduce their emission footprint and slowly but surely they're going to apply different layers of regulatory uh, requirements on all companies, not just, uh, you know, not just the big ones and not just the big emitters. Already, every company that's listed on the major stock exchanges is now having to report its carbon footprint. In the UK, I think it's every company over five or 10 million pounds in revenue has to report its emission footprint and so on. So they're plowing it deeper and deeper into the business community. So if you're a small to medium business, you might think, well, it doesn't matter to me, but you know, who are you supplying to? Now, if you're just a retail business selling to, to consumers, maybe it doesn't bother you. And maybe your clients don't care. Maybe you should ask them though before you assume that. But however, if you're a company that supplies to any other companies, it is going to impact you in some way at some point in the foreseeable future, maybe sooner than you think. So, you know, you can always be one of these guys who, girls who says, look, you know, I'll wait till they tell me what to do. Then why are you on this call? Yeah. Go away. <laughs> well, I think, I think we've already take action first. At you the should, beginning, you should be at the beginning of, the, of of your own future business journey. If you're a small to medium business, you want to grow your business. You need to do things positively that'll help positively impact your business. This is a very small, cost-effective way of doing that. Yeah. 
And, and if you can do it cost effectively, which I hope we can prove in a moment, then and you are environmentally conscious and you do want to grow your business and you know this is coming, if you can ward it off, you're always better to do it proactively than wait for uh, legislation to enforce it on you. Look, you, you don't even really need to be environmentally conscious. It's just common sense. I mean, you know, in business, you're supposed to be leading. You're supposed to be someone who's impacting the community. I mean, you, you're recognising the community issues uh, ask your kids what they think. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think the thing is that if, if you put on your website that you're carbon zero and you, you've done it now, that's not going to drive any customer away. If the people who don't care will just ignore it and go, bloody greenies got into their head, right? And But, you know, everyone else is going to go, hey, what a hero. Yeah. And they won't care if it didn't cost you very much. It's just that you did something positive that you didn't have to do. I think that's that's the big difference. There's one thing for, you know, airlines and big emitters to try and duck and weave and work out how to, you know, evade the cost of doing something when they're part of the big problem. When a medium, small, medium or even larger business does something positive, well, guess what? That has a much bigger impact on your clients and the marketplace generally than than someone who's, you know, had the government had to come and bang them into the ground before they did anything. Yep. Wayne, we've had a, t a question from Tim, which I think is relevant. How many companies have signed up to the, to the particular certification scheme? You got any idea globally what, how many companies uh, do carbon offsets now, either through your company or, or another's? Maybe if you don't know that, uh, how many do you look after? There's thousands, I mean, globally. Uh, a lot of them are doing it through over-the-counter still. The, the, the exchange trading is, is still emerging because a lot of business owners are being a little bit bamboozled, I guess, by, by consultant firms that are masquerading the cost of their credits in amongst a whole bunch of other services. Now, you know, we, we've, got, we've got a relationship, for example, with a very, very transparent brokering firm that we're about to announce shortly, and they do the carbon footprint and advisory services analysis. They wouldn't do small business, though, because it's it just that's the problem, of course. You know, for a small business, you just got to do a simple measurement and get on with it. I mean, you don't have to don't have to turn it into rocket science. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so there are thousands of companies doing it. There have been some very big companies that have done it as well, a lot of them, but also there's been a lot that are sort of saying they're going to do it lately with this, you know, net zero 2050 garbage. And then, of course, you know, what are they actually doing? That's, yep. that's the part that gets in my head. They're not really do, necessarily doing anything. They're just saying they're going to do something. Yeah. What, what is that? <laughs> so um, that brings us along to financing, and which is the uh, the other part. I don't, know, I, I don't know if I answered the question. I can't see Tim. He's the invisible man, isn't Tim he? Tim Douglas. So how many companies? There are thousands, Tim, all over the world, and uh, there's you know, hundreds of thousands would be the answer, and Wayne looks after a good chunk of those. So, um, I, Sorry, I, could, I, I can now see where Tim yep. the invisible man is. Um. So... Um, on the financing aspect, uh, for those that are wondering how BBX gets involved with this, other than the relationship that I've had with Wayne for many decades, is that we too saw that the uh, we can do our bit uh, by becoming a leader in the business field, not a follower. And to become a leader, you have to take action. And we decided a few years ago that we would become carbon zero. So what we went 
to, to do was to buy our carbon credits from Wayne and we did our offset uh, that way. And we got to talking and Wayne and I came to a, uh, an agreement where we would buy the carbon offsets from Wayne at a wholesale price and be able to then sell them using BBX digital trade credits at fair prevailing rates out into the open marketplace, initially of the BBX community. So for the BBX customers that are on this call, what in essence that means is, and I'm sorry to repeat the process, but it's for the people that are unfamiliar with the, the process, it is a, an easy step. You mitigate what you possibly can, you measure what's left, and then you take action by buying some offset credits uh, after the widget measures how many tonnes you've got. And put it in, putting it in relatively plain English, through BBX, it means you're paying for it with your goods and services instead of cash. Correct. So that that's enables you uh, to buy it. And at the moment, we've got a range of credits, but we've got one particular one. Wayne was talking about some credits being down in the in the 50 cents or a dollar, others at $20, $30. But we've done a deal with Wayne to, to get the UN certified uh, credit. Um, so what's the difference between that particular one, Wayne, that we're, that we're offering and some of the others that are available? Well, look, the first thing is that, that the, the very first carbon credit protocol was developed by the UN, uh, which is part of the Kyoto Agreement. Uh, it's sad to think that this is this stuff has been going on at the government level for you know nearly 30 years. Yeah, pretty, pretty tragic, really. But you know, I mean, if it if I had a management team and it took them thirty days to make a decision, I'd probably wonder if they were the people for the job. These guys have been doing it for thirty years and can't get a final uh, action going. But anyway, look, the, the UNFCCC, which is the the the, the UN uh, uh, body for climate change globally, formed up a a, a protocol and developed the carbon credit procedure process, which requires the, the project to get certified, third party verified. Uh, you know, they have to submit a document, like, like almost like a prospectus really, about scientifically proving how they do it. And then those are issued into the UN registry. So the UN credits that are issued are, are the highest credit standard process in, in the world. All of the other credit standards have ultimately copied versions of what they do. Frankly, right. So that that was that's been going for over fifteen years. I don't know exactly how long, um, and uh, and and it's done billions of credits, right? So now, as part of this Paris Agreement, that process is probably going to discontinue sometime in the future. But that shouldn't dissuade anyone from buying those offsets because they are unquestionably a high high quality. They were only issued, however, just in case anyone's wondering, out of developing nations. So the whole idea of this was to try and avoid the replication of the fossil fuel-driven growth that was happening in the Western world in developing nations by providing this type of finance initially to renewable energy projects and then ultimately to all sorts of other land-based and mitigation projects, etc. Um, because of a lot of different moving parts in the world, the land-based stuff is becoming increasingly difficult and more expensive, right, uh, just because there's all sorts of question marks being thrown around the permanence of these forestry projects, et cetera, um, you know, and, and so, you know, 
to give an example, the, the, the Australian government's program only issued 16 million ACU credits last year. Right? I mean, that's, that's way less than 1% of the carbon emission footprint of Australia. Yep. Right? So you know, that program just isn't working because it's all based on land-based credits, which is hard to do. Right and costly to do, and it's costly to issue them, and the credits cost a lot, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So, the UNFCCC credits were produced at scale from from developing nations, certified and emit, and registered by the United Nations uh, uh, body. Uh, we uh, created the very first uh, electronic interface and agreement as a partnership with the UNFCCC to issue that, uh, to, to, to aid those credits electronically. So that, that had never been done before. Uh, and uh, obviously we're pretty proud of that. Yep. So the upshot of all that is that any BBX customer out there, uh, after they've measured their uh, imping, uh, their footprint, uh, it'll come up in number of tonnes and you can purchase those tonnes at $5 US to get UN certified credits for every tonne using your BBX digital trade credits to do so. So if you're a small business and you've got 100, ton, 100 tonnes, that's 500 trade dollars, trade pounds, trade baht, wherever you are, uh, will offset you and become carbon zero. In return, you'll have a certificate saying that you've purchased at carbon zero a UN certified offset credit. If you're not a BBX customer and you'd still like to do that, uh, but you don't have the funds uh, in, or in your mind or in your in your account now through uh, other reasons that you don't believe you have the uh, the cash to do so. And you own an accountancy business, for instance. And again, let's say that your uh, offset was 500 tonnes. Sorry, your, your uh, footprint was 500 tonnes. At $5, that's two and a half thousand pounds, dollars, baht, whatever. Then you can buy that using a voucher to your business, if that makes sense to the people that aren't part of the system. Well, I, I can give a perfect example, John. Uh, we, we, we did out a, a press release early last year where, where the airlines was first getting impacted by the lockdowns and all this COVID garbage. And so, you know, basically we said, well, why don't we talk to the airlines about offering empty seats? Because everyone had stopped flying, even though the airlines still were flying. And so we said, why don't we offer them the opportunity to buy their carbon offsets with empty seats? Now, bizarrely, no one took that offer up, which I still can't quite figure it out. So maybe they don't want to admit their planes are empty. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, but it, so the, the reality is that we also made a similar offer to a couple of big hotel chains. Now, of course, then they locked down hard and no one could go to a hotel or get on a plane anyway, right? So, you know, the idea had a very short lifespan, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, we Maybe we should reissue that, that press release, John. Yes. Um, so, look, the bottom line is for us is that, you know, from a, a CTX point of view, we want to maximise the impact. John's in the business of... Are providing a B2B service for, 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 for bartering goods and services so that, that you know, you're paying for the offsets through that mechanism for goods and services. Now, you know, we, we're not taking that opportunity directly. We're a wholesale cash market because we're only clipping the ticket for 5% and all the rest of it's going in cash to the, to the, uh, um, to the project owners. 
right? So, you know, there's no way we can we can trade that, unfortunately. It's just not financially viable. Anyone who understands BBX would know that. Yeah. So the reality is that John John and his team and, and Matt have, have taken up the decision to, to take a, a position on the credits, which is exactly what our brokers do anyway. We have brokers all over all over the world who buy wholesale off the exchange and then resell at a retail business to business retail price to the small to medium businesses. That's yep. that's 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 a very common business model. So, yep. so uh, so it's certainly not unusual uh, for us to uh, to be doing this. Uh, and of course, in this case. There's no opportunity, in case anyone's wondering, through this process, you're not buying an investment, you're not getting something you can resell later, you're getting an offset against your emission footprint for your company. If you want to invest in carbon credits, my advice is don't. Yep. Good, uh, good advice, Wayne. So that's uh, we're just coming up uh, now to the ten to the hour, and uh, if there are any questions that people have, uh, please pop them in the chat while you've got Wayne uh, here on the call. Um, and if there's no more questions, uh, then uh, the follow-up action that you can uh, take up is that if you're a BBX customer and you'd want to offset to carbon zero, you can do it now. Talk to your account manager and they'll walk you through the process. If you're not a BBX customer and you want to be carbon zero right now, then uh, come and uh, pop some details, uh, re respond to the invitation that was sent out to you all. We'll, we'll follow you up. Uh, after the call from Matt and uh, and his team, and they can walk you through uh, the process and how you can offset if you're not a part of the BBX uh, uh, system. Fantastic. Uh, I just thought I'd point out, John, that on this call, we've also got James Campbell, who's in our office in central London. I'm in London, but I'm at my, my home office, obviously, today. Uh, and Alex uh, is my assistant, who's uh, also the invisible girl, uh, and she's uh, um, uh, currently in the London office as well. Yep. So all this can be done online. You don't have to go and visit anything or no one has to come and inspect anything. So there's a widget that measures everything. So it's a very simple process. Uh, if there's no further questions, we'll just give you another few seconds if anybody uh, wants to put in there. Matthew has just put in the chat there his details. If uh, you're not a BBX customer and you want to learn on how to offset your, your uh, carbon footprint zero without having to outlay any uh, pounds sterling or dollars or barts or yuan or wherever you are around the world. Um, if there are no other questions at this point, uh, I think we can finish up here. Um, Wayne, it's been our absolute pleasure to have uh, the certified expert of uh, this space on the call today. And uh, and uh, uh, on behalf of the planet, we all thank you and your team for the, for the services and the insights and the inspiration and the innovation that you're creating in the space. And hopefully, we can uh, get some governments and big businesses to start shouting loudly enough uh, to get some actual action uh, taken place. But uh, thank you very much for joining us on the call today. Oh, hang on. We've got one last question down here from Jason. Unmute yourself, Jason. If you've got a question, please. No, I just um, saying, yeah, keep up with the good work. That was just clap. I was saying, yeah, that was on, yeah. Uh, good man. Wayne, thank you very much for your time, and uh, we do appreciate it. Thanks, everyone, for uh, for joining us, and uh, I look forward to uh, hopefully seeing you all posting up your carbon neutrality in the near future.
It'll be great to see. Thank you very much. And thank you all for joining us on the call. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to make a quick note of anything you found particularly useful. Join our LinkedIn page at www.linkedin.com slash showcase slash quantum leap business show to keep up to date with news, content, and forthcoming events.